bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. We're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 19. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, Do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and many more to choose from to listen to past episodes with awesome guests. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local community's support in the sport of motocross. And we are a part of an awesome sport, and I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and everything in between. There was a lot of racing that happened this weekend and a lot of things to talk about. So with that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode. First, we will get into some local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states, of course with round number two of the North Carolina Motocross Series coming up this weekend at Elizabeth City and more local chat coming up. Then we will switch gears to professional racing and have a call in from Firepower Honda, 250 Supercross East rider, Gage Linville about his career first main event from this past weekend in Detroit, uh, Millsap's training facility uh, that he's been you know, at for many, many years. Uh, The 2022 season of Great Loretta's and uh, much more from Gage coming up here soon. Afterward, we will chat about the Salem, Virginia AMA Arena Cross round number 12 that stopped by our hometown, Salem Civic Center, where I witnessed uh, and we all got to witness Kyle Peters grab his fourth AMA Arena Cross championship. And, of course, we know Kyle Peters is a uh, uh, local uh, legend pretty much now uh, of North Carolina and, you know, we love to support the local guys, and uh, yeah, we got to you know see a lot of carnage uh, this past Friday as well, and we're going to get into all of that along with all of the action and the heartbreaking moment of Detroit round number 10 of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship. That one still hurts for my boy Aaron Plessinger, but we're going to get right into it here in just a minute, and make sure to check us out on uh any of the social media accounts Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and our popular TikTok channel if you have not already done so and thank you guys so much for supporting us on all of our social media platforms as we continue to grow and I want to thank you guys on YouTube that's listening and anybody else that has been uh, subscribed uh, to our uh, Imperative MX YouTube it is great uh, to see that we have surpassed 1,000 subscribers that is unbelievable and uh really the grind uh on youtube came from um 
just a couple of months ago. So it's unbelievable. Uh, Instagram is growing. Facebook is growing. Our Twitter uh, account that uh, that we just started up about a week ago or so, or well, I'd say about two or three months ago. Uh, man, it is it, everything is growing, and you guys, I I want to thank you guys so much. And uh, before we go any further, we have to say thank you also to the sponsors on board here for the Imperative MX Podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Mika Metals, and the brand new sponsor on board, Total Control Racing Suspension. Also, do not forget to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get the chance. A ton of new things are in the works and already live. All the sponsor logos are up there at the top of the banner. Go click on that. We'll bring you directly to the company's website. Some of those products that you uh, purchase through the link on imperativemx.com. We do get uh, a little bit of a slice of that. So anything that you do, that is greatly appreciated. And we will be doing updates, reads, galleries, and so much more here in 2023. I'm stoked. Everybody is stoked uh, around imperativemx.com. So be on the lookout for more up on the website. And we will get more into each of the awesome companies that are behind us here in just a bit. Make sure to support the ones that support the sport, like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these weekly episodes. And of course, helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, knowledgeable, your District 29, 2011 C-Class champion, co-host Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? Let me just start off by saying I love the way you gas me up over the C Class Championship. It makes me feel tremendous. Hey, you know, <laughs> hey, bro, hey, hey, that's a big deal. That's a hey, big deal. Hey, every time you say that, I walk in the room and I'm like, "Give me my theme music." I, I, I hey, I, it's like I'm coming out for opening ceremonies every time you bring me in. I love it. Oh, bro, you're coming out with the WWE belt wrapped around you. The crowd is roaring. Oh, man. Yeah, man, we got to hype you up, bro. You know, you're what makes this podcast great, you know? Hey, look, I'm like Booker T. Williams, so I got my I got my twist in, and when you bring me out, I step out with my eyes wide open looking around like, yeah, I am him. Yes, I'm sir. Him. I am him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, uh, West Virginia Motorsports, if you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a new pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, whatever the case may be to find your uh, adrenaline rush, stop by Princeton, West Virginia. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike or for that brand new ride over at West Virginia Motorsports. Find your key to fun alongside getting those oil filters and air filters on the way out. And uh, don't catch them on fire, Heavy D. Come on, man. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. No. Hey, it, it's funny you speaking at my pops. Hey, every time I speak every time I speak to him, he's like, man, I tell you, I still get pissy warm about that air filter. Every time <laughs> Zach says something about it. <laughs> that is so good, man. It's good. I gotta, I gotta really dig deep and find something uh, funny about uh, my dad. Uh, you know, like a dad moment where he was mad. Actually, there was one. Uh, we went to Minio's our very first time. I'm on 65s, right, dude. I am scared, bro. I am scared. <laughs> you know, 
and the only excuse I could really come up with, which was actually kind of a good excuse because really I couldn't see, uh, but the sun, like when you would go up that back section, dude, the sun would be right in your eyes, and I didn't have any tinted goggles, and I didn't want to put my visor down and look, you know, whatever, so I just dealt with it, and I came off the track, and Dad was like, what are you doing? I was like, I couldn't see, and he was like, well, there's, you know, 38 other kids out there that could see, so... What are we doing? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, right. I got to sit in the motorhome for the rest of the day while all my buddies got to play on the pit bike, and I just got we to sit there. We quit his time out. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was not happy, bro. We drove all the way down there for me to tell him that the sun was in my eyes. Oh, yeah, bro. My dad was heated. Dude, oh. I ain't never heard nobody getting put in time out at the dirt bike track. Oh, dad definitely <laughs> put – yeah, bro. Yeah. That was the, that was really – if I really think about it, I think that was the only time, and I think it's because I learned from that. But, you know, that was probably two years into me actually riding because the third year I went to 85s. I was already um, that age Dude. to where I could start riding 85s, so – First national is the scariest. You don't know what to expect, bro. Dude, I I mean, you know, you're going out for practice and there's a line of sixty fives and I'm like, oh my God. Like what is this? Um but let's uh take it from the national amateur uh scene back to the local and uh this weekend heavy D. Uh actually this past weekend they had the first uh round of the NCMX series at uh NCMP. Do you have any uh uh, any background on uh, on the race from there? Oh, I'm a, I, look, you know what? I'm going to be straight up with you, bro. <laughs> I was so deep in the building track this weekend, I didn't pay attention to nothing but what was going on. I pushed so much dirt, I didn't even have time to think about anything else. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, because I uh, I was obviously at the Salem Marina Cross, so uh, so I wasn't there uh, either. But I do know obviously that they had their first uh, their first round there, and uh, it was a little chilly, I'm sure. Uh, but round number two I is, know, is this weekend at uh, Elizabeth City. Yeah, little Mason Thompson was putting in work though. Is he? Yeah, he's yeah. putting in work. Hey, I tell you what, I saw uh, I liked his photo uh, of the kit. Coming into the weekend oh. for the first round, I was like, "Man, he looks good, man." Hey, my guy was sauced up, bro. Man, he sauced up though. He was sauced up, wasn't he? Absolutely, <laughs> my man looked he good. Was up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Heavy D, let's talk about the return of Moto Forty. What have you been doing? What have you been doing, Heavy D? Let the listeners know. What have you been? What have you been doing? Building a track, man. I, from Saturday to Monday, I didn't go to. I, I like. I didn't go to work Monday because I was like, all right, I done got this far. I'm just staying Monday, and I'm trying to get this unit close to done. Like it's roughed in. Um, it just needs to be like you know tested and make sure they like everything. Um, Josh Hill was over there. He helped do a shit ton of work. Like, really? He's putting in time. Oh yeah, Josh Hill. You know he's putting in time, bro. Oh yeah. You know he when when it comes to the fresh tracks, he's front and he's ready. So. Oh, absolutely. That he's gonna was, be the first one was, to huck it too. Oh yeah, him, Michael Mitchell. It was pretty cool because, like, I mean, it was my first time there Saturday. Like, yeah. I had never set foot there. I've seen videos of it. Oh really? It's, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like, oh, dude. I've been to so many tracks, 
And that's like Statesville is like basically it's my hometown. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the next town over. That's what I'm saying. I never went there. That, yeah, that's like, surprising. So it was like I got there, and uh, you know, I called Mitchell and I was like, "Hey, you know, what's the deal? Like, what, 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 what we got going on here? What, 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 what do y'all want?" He was like, "Dude, we hadn't even came up with a layout. All I can say is we do want uphill rollers at this specific section." So of course, me never being there, and Josh had already started on some stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like looking around. I'm like, all right, okay, where does this like go? So <laughs> it was fun. I'll get to this part anyway. But he was like, we want it right here. So I got to where he was, and so I was like, all right. I started. And he was like, and then we want to shift this roller like 20 feet, 25 feet to the left. And I was like, all right. So that was the only two things I had, and I had to just run, just roll with it. Yeah, just run he was with like, it. So I was like, all right. So out there, it looks like one big track because you know they were all staggered. You had like the kids, intermediate, and then the main track. Yeah. And then of course you had the supercross track, and then they had the amateur supercross track later, which I didn't realize. So yeah, I'm over here looking on like Apple Maps trying to figure out which way this thing goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they want to tie an intermediate track. And I'm like, what intermediate track? And then, so I was like, oh, yeah, it's right there. Bro, let me tell you how I jacked up it had me. I was building Saturday. I was like, all right. Oh, yeah, I got this. I got this. I, like, reincorporated a whole different section, like, so it wouldn't be, like, so repetitive, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, all right, I was like, all right, I'm coming back Sunday. I got it in my mind. I start working on something else, and I looked to my left. I didn't even connect the intermediate track in. I had like started to loop it back around. No way! Oh no! Oh no! I stopped dead in my tracks, and I was like, I just fucked up. Yeah, you (laughs) idiot! (laughs) Just one of those just brain fart moments, man. How dumb can you? Because I looked over at that one section a million times, and it looked like, dude, I swear to you, it's like the lanes was like, if you look at it, it, it was mind boggling. I was like, all right, that definitely connects. Here. Yeah, is it the one? And, uh, is it the one on the way on the far, uh, the far end towards yes. like the woods? Yeah, yeah, the yes, two straightaways the right there. Yeah, yeah, I thought they met up. Yeah, and I was like, oh, we're good. Yeah, no, and then I was like, no. <laughs> Um, ass. So it wasn't that big of a deal. I, I fixed it like, like no problem. And then um, Josh and Mitchell came out, and uh, I was like, "So what y'all? What you think?" And they were stoked on it. So they was like, "Yeah, dude, keep rolling with it." And I was like, "Okay, y'all, like, some more advice, some criticism." Yeah. It's like, dude, you got this far on your own. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just go ahead. They was, they was like, "Dude, keep killing it. Go ahead." So I was like, Let's "All right, go. whatever." So, dude, I just kept rolling with it, and finally Monday I got it all tied in. Yeah. So um, they're supposed to cast it sometime, but I, I think it's going to be sweet. It's definitely going to be like a different feel for sure. Like, and uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm super excited for it. I can't wait. Hell yeah, that's going to be super sick. Um, Moto forty. I thought I had the sneeze heavy D, but it just instantly went away. Um, I thought you did too. I oh man, I was close. I was close. I was like trying to hold it in, and I was hoping that you were going to go a little bit longer, like talk a little bit longer, <laughs> so I could get it out. But um, 
No, man, uh, Moto 40 was such a good track. Obviously, Chad used to own it, and, uh, yeah, it was his paradise there for pretty much all of last year, and then all of a sudden, whenever he moved back to Florida, it just um, pretty much canceled out and uh, all of that. So it's good because I know a lot of people loved uh, that, and it was pretty much the dead center of North Carolina. Um, so it's a really, really good property. Um, for me, it's like two and a half hours, but honestly, it's worth it. Uh, the dirt is unreal. Um, it kind of almost reminds me a little bit of uh, some of it that you get at, um, um, like, I don't even want to put this in a bad way, but it's kind of almost like East Bend, but it act, but it doesn't have a base. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like it's got that, it's got that nice clay to it, but it really doesn't have a base. It's pretty soft, like. Oh, it's about to get even better. Too. Oh, dude, uh, what we better. bring in sand? We bring in sand hey, in? It's about, it's, it's about to get even better. I'm not giving away oh. all the sheep rays. Oh the boy! All right, but all right. We'll keep it in. Just, nah, hey, you know what? I'm poking the bear. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? It's it's gonna be magical. Oh, it's boy. gonna be magical. Oh man! Is oh do we have a uh, do we have an opening date? <laughs> I have no clue. Oh. Uh, who, I literally, who's the one that that owns it now, or who's the one that took it over? He's super anonymous. A super anonymous. All right, all right. He's super uh, anonymous. All right, all right. We'll keep. We'll we'll just keep it at that. So just know. Hey, well, here's why it's anonymous because I'm not even dealing with them directly. I'm dealing with Mitchell. I so got that's you. Why I got it's you. My, they, <laughs> the 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 legend himself, Michael Mitchell. We got to get him on sometime, man. We got to get them on. Oh, we really do. Yeah, we really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get them on. So, um, but the Ridge MX Heavy D, uh, the April 1st, 2nd, very first weekend, we're going to be there announcing Heavy D. I can't tell you how oh, stoked I am. There. We in there. I'm ready. Dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's sick. Gonna be We're gonna we want we want some we want some interviews from some of the riders. We want to talk to some of you riders. If you you guys want to talk. Find us up in the tower or wherever we're we're at, and you know we could we can work in. We make something out of it, you know. Please come to the tower. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like, I'm up. We up there kicking and have a good time. Like, dude, come through, come see us. Yeah. Like, come chat it up with us. Absolutely, no, that's gonna be fun. And obviously, I'm gonna bring my bike, Heavy D. Okay, I'm gonna bring it. Okay, don't 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 do that Silver Valley ordeal where you left it and drove back 30 minutes because you were like. You know, uh, I thought about it. I'm going to be missing out. So I really need to go get my bike. I'm like, no shit. I can't believe you left without it. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be a media guy. And then I was like, ah, no, I got I got a ride. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be the hardest part, honestly, for me being a media guy. Going to some of these races, obviously, you know, when we go to the pro races, obviously I can't ride. So, but. Uh, but yeah, any of the races that I do that I just want to do imperative stuff, yeah, it's gonna be hard for me not to ride. Um, oh, but, dude, I understand hundred percent. But you, I mean, you gotta ride this one. Like, oh, we uh, we need that feedback. It's legendary. It's legendary right. for for myself. First AMA race there, and first announcing gig at the same place, Sanford, Virginia, Devil's Ridge, the Ridge MX. I'm hey, stoked. Don't make me have to re-clear out the KX100. So oh, I'll, my gosh. I'll bust that when clear out the KX100. I'll bust out the I'll KX60. Smoke trail. The 2001 KX60. <laughs> <laughs> With the oh, man. They don't even flush out. Oh. Um, 
practice this weekend at Birch Creek and Mex. I know that probably a lot of other tracks are as well, but that was just the one that I found uh, up and quick. Do you have any other local uh, knowledge uh, series talk or uh, tracks that are open this weekend or uh, anything like that before uh, before we move on? Yeah, we got a round. Well, it's going to be round. It's probably technically round one since we didn't get the race candy, but Round two of the Carolina Outlaw Series, two twenty one MX this weekend Sunday. Uh, practice is Saturday, ten a.m. to three p.m. Gates open at seven for seven. Sign up at seven thirty. Practice at ten, and then also Sunday gates open at seven or six. Sign up at seven seven thirty. Practice at eight, and racing to follow. Well, so, well, good, Heavy D. Sounds like everything is uh, is coming together here. Oh yeah, dude! This I'm, I'm stoked because it's like the, you know, it's all the series is kicking off. There's so many different tracks and stuff to go to. Like the ridge, I'm trying to have the ridge jumping, dude. I want you know, I want double D out there. I want Gus Chickens Riggins out there. I'm talking about. I want B Star David Cube. I want all the heavy hitters from over here there. I even. Bo Reed, I want all these dudes there at the ridge to mix it up with those dudes over there. It, it's got to be. I mean, it's going to be sick. Absolutely, and it is going to be sick. And actually, speaking about sick, Gage Linville has got to be feeling good. Firepower Honda's own. We're going to go ahead and get Gage here on the line. Dirt Industries custom graphics for over 10 years. They've designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. The awesome graphics and decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike. The highly acclaimed design team is well equipped to help our customers get the look they want in a short amount of time. That's what Dirt Industries Custom Graphic does. Uh, there's no local legend uh, this week, but we do have Firepower Honda's 250 Supercross East Rider, Gage Linville, on the line. Gage, appreciate you coming on to the Imperative MX podcast. Yeah, thank you. I'm just glad that'd be on. Yeah, man, for sure. And, uh, man, you have got to be pumped. Uh, this Supercross season, your rookie season, let me add, uh, has been rough with crashes and unfortunate luck, you know, with the Australian series and and uh, and oh, also yeah. with, uh, you know, not making it into the main events like you wanted. Uh, but finally, in Detroit this past weekend on Saturday night, uh, you put it into the main event. How, do, how does it feel now? Yeah, like you just said, uh, <laughs> I guess better late than ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sucks I waited this long to do it, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a great feeling uh, for sure. Was able to get the win in the LCQ and and yeah, put it in the main. So yeah, very stoked on that. Just you know, wish I would have done a little bit sooner, but looking from here on out, you know, the goal is to be in the main and and just get better every weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And what's uh what's been the hardest thing to adjust from riding motocross all of these years and and now you're full time into the Supercross uh thing with. Uh, you know, out out there at Millsaps, like what uh, what's been the hardest thing for you to adjust to? Um, you know, I'd probably say the tracks. You know, as, as amateurs, we don't we don't have Supercross. You know, we have like uh, a couple they call them Supercross races, but you know, nothing really compares to 
the true Supercross track. Uh, they added the Futures this year and, and last year, which is, is really good. Um, but, yeah, man, other than that, you know, you go from racing outdoor for your whole career to a Supercross track. And, and even, like, the practice tracks on Supercross, they're Supercross, but it, it's not a full-blown, you know, like you show up to the stadium Saturday and race Supercross. You know, the transitions are tighter. The jumps are peakier. It's it's sketchy, man. Uh, <laughs> the lines. And just, some of the jumps, like you see Sexton and Webb do, it's just like, you walk the track, you don't even think about doing it, and they do it. It's, it's like, holy cow, like, you guys are insane. Um, but, yeah, probably just the tracks. You know, you, you get one free practice where amateurs, you know, you get three or four, you know, 10, 15-minute sessions on a track. Where you go to pro, you get eight minutes to learn the track, and you're going straight into Q1. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to be able to learn and adapt way faster than, than amateurs. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's got to be that got to be really difficult. Um and it, you know, obviously can take you a while uh, to get to that point. And uh, now that you've got it, um, I think it's going to come a little bit easier now to you because you've already gotten that one out of the way. So it's almost kind of like you got the monkey off the back. Is that kind of how you feel? That's crazy. You just, the way you just said that, because somebody told me that same thing today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The monkey's off the back, so we're ready. You know, we're coming in swinging for Atlanta, and uh, yeah, like you said, the goal is just to progress from here. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, you got three weeks, you know, off until we go back to Atlanta, and I'll be down there as uh, as well. Um, but man, it's uh, it's crazy, and man, let's go back to uh, the crash in Australia that you had. I think it was round number three, and it was in practice. It was the head-on collision. And man, that one was really, really gnarly. And that was, you know, that's your first real pro race uh, on Supercross. You were in Australia, you know, a different country than you've been to. Like, speak oh, yeah. about that, man. Like, I, I that had to be gnarly, huh? Oh yeah, that was that was insane. That crash, you know. And actually, I was supposed to fly out. It was the week of mini autos, and you know, we were hoping to to be able to race the Supercross portion and and get my points and then fly to Australia, but. Yeah. You got, yeah, well, in, got, in and, you got hurt in minios. You got hurt in minios. Dude, that <laughs> one was a gnarly first. one too. Oh yeah, I had two good ones in about a week week span. Uh, <laughs> Ate them like yeah. a champ too. Luckily, they let me stay stay at minios to get my points. And uh, yeah, was winning my second race and <laughs> hit neutral, ass end over tea kettle. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. <laughs> That was bad. That one, yeah, that was painful. Did, was but, it yeah, slow it was motion, too, just like it looked like on, on you know, on Racer uh, TV? It happened so fast. I thought, you got to be joking. And oh, really? It actually, actually happened, like, that fast? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I was expecting to go roll and hop over, and when yeah. I went to hop over, my whole body just went over. The bike yeah. didn't really go over. Oh, man, but, that's rough, yeah, because you were looking so good, too. Oh, I was feeling great. You know, the the bike was working amazing. The power was good. But, yeah, I had that crash on a Monday. Or might have been, yeah, Monday. Well, went to the doctor, got checked out. Tuesday morning, I raced my two mains, got my point. Hopped on a flight to Australia. Uh, got there Thursday afternoon. We got, luckily we got, for, no, we didn't even get pressed. Just uh, a couple of the guys got pressed Friday. So, just kind of really tried to recover because we're talking 13-hour time zone difference. Yeah, no kidding. Then Saturday was our race, and or it might have been Friday, actually. 
I don't even remember. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we got – it was actually their triple crown. So that was pretty cool. You know, they only did one qualifying session there for theirs. So got done with practice, was actually – feeling pretty good you know i was worried about the soreness but no it was actually gone um felt really good in practice I'm, the track was sweet yeah about the third lap i want to say a qualifying might even been second i i came around the corner and next thing i know the guy was headed straight for me and and that happened so fast like there's there's nothing that could have been avoided yeah uh, he he threw a whip and got out of control and and it's a little different over there you know their tough blocks aren't like our tough blocks you know our tough blocks you hit them 50 50 chance you're crashing you're not their tough blocks you hit them you know you you go straight through them yeah and he tried to swerve out of the way and i tried to swerve but it happened so fast there was just nothing we could do and uh yeah fractured my collarbone there hopped on a flight monday morning back to the united states i think i did more flying than i was actually did in australia that week i I think you did more flying than you did riding Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, it takes total time over there. It's like 32 hours to get there. So you're just... It's, oh, hell. Yeah, um, one of the plane rides is like 15 hours. How how are those flights? You know, I've never I've never been on those flights, but I heard, you know, you uh, get one of those um, ones that you can kind of lay down and it's got like a known TV. Is that true? Oh, yeah, in first class. <laughs> yeah, he said, oh, yeah, in first class, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we we flew uh, whatever economy or whatever it was, which on the, our first flight there for round one, it was me, Martin, Jesse, Max, and, you know, the Australian guys. And we flew out. It was nighttime for, for us here in the States. We flew out at, like, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, that one was, like, a 16-hour flight, and the plane didn't have any Wi-Fi. Oh, my. But I kid you not, I stayed up for probably the first two hours, and I didn't wake up until the hour before we landed in Australia. Unbelievable. I was cashed out. Nobody believed me. They're like, there's no way. And, and even like the teammates at the time with Kyle and Wilson and Max, they're like, you just slept the whole flight. And I said, I told y'all, when I get on the plane and get comfy, it's game over. Unreal. <laughs> and yeah, I woke up. I woke up. I was like, hey, where we're at? Where are we at? And they're like, oh, you know, we're about an hour out. I thought, okay, well, I, I did good on this flight. I got some good, <laughs> good shut eye. Yeah, my nope. guy was so tired he had to get off the plane and box a kangaroo to get his mind back right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, man. Uh, the... But I love it over there, man. It was, it was the people over there are really cool. The food's so good, coffee's good. Just you know, the atmosphere over there is great. And like I said, thanks to you, Reef, he was able to bring me over. Uh, couldn't I wouldn't do it any other way you know that was a great experience you know with it being even though I only made three rounds it was uh I feel like it was really good to do that before the U.S. pros you know to kind of get an idea of how things run and and stuff like that kind of like a preseason you should say right yeah it was amazing absolutely the imperative mx podcast episode number 19 speaking with firepower honda 250 supercross east rider Gage Linville brought to you by Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Heavy D? My God, Gage. <laughs> oh, man. It's, oh. I tell you, it, it's crazy. Like, and, 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 like, me and Zach was talking. Like, we, um, what I wanted to ask, like, people don't realize, like, you took, I'm, what, four years off? Five years off? A little over, right at three, yeah. It's, Oh, yeah, right at three. Dude, dude, and that's like gnarly. And that was like, 
right. Well, I ain't gonna say at the peak, but like even when you started on minis, like you was well known. But it was like right there, and you had to you like you took that time off, and like right when you came back, it was like you didn't even miss a beat. Like, do you feel like say if you didn't have to stop those like three years, you know, things would have been a little different, or do you feel like it'd still kind of be the same? Because I mean, I feel like you got a solid deal going right now for sure, especially with Firepower Fire, Fire, Fire Honda, like like the bike yeah, seems like sure. it's awesome. The bike, the team, everything's amazing. But yeah, you know, looking looking back, I took three years off. You know, well, like you said, pretty much at the peak of my, I mean, amateur career. That's when I was I was pretty much winning. You know, everything there was to win at the time. Uh, took three years off and came back, and <clears throat> yeah, I wasn't the same. I, I came back and and wasn't winning everything. You know, it was like holy cow. You know. It was, it was an eye opener, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. hard to say if if I think things would have been different. I, I mean, a part of me definitely says yes because, like you said, I was I was winning everything when I took the time off. But you know, looking back at it, would I change it? I mean, a part of me says yes, and, and a part of me says no. You know, um, I came back, I, I won Loretta's on a one twenty five. You know, I had a a pretty decent big bike career. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely a, t- a tough decision. I feel like looking back now, the three years, you know, people always talk about getting burnt out and stuff like that. Well, I can promise you now, I'm, I'm not burnt out. You know, I'm not even close. I'm, I'm hungry for it. Uh, I, I was I was about to say this know, probably I, honestly probably helped you a, a lot more than oh, maybe yeah. you even think. Like taking those three yeah, in the three years run, off for sure. Yeah, in in the long run, I, I definitely think. You know, it helped me as far as the getting burnt out aspect because, you know, I love the life I live right now. You know, I'm at NTF, which is amazing. I get up, I work out, I ride my dirt bike, I work out, <laughs> and I do it all the next day. You know, it's, it's hard to ask for a better life than what I have now. Uh, and like you said, I, I enjoy doing it. It's not like I, I love it. You know, I work at it. I, I try to better myself every day doing it. You know, it's not like I just show up and – Oh, it's, I'm here again today, or you know, oh, we're right here again. No, it's like, okay, what what are we doing today? Like, I'm ready for it. So, yeah, you know, I definitely feel like the burnout aspect's not even a, a question anymore. Oh yeah, dude. I know. Like when you came back, like you were grinding, man. Like grinding oh, sure. hard. And, like you said, when you leave winning and you come back and you're not even close to winning, like. There's people who would talk to me when I was winning. You come back and it's like they turn your shoulder to you, and it's like, dude, really? So it almost brought that fire. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it just adds fuel to it. You know, you just you want to be, oh, well, you don't want to talk to me now that I'm not winning. Well, let me go out and win again. Let me just show you that I can. And, right. And my dad told me, and, and the trainers, you know, a champion, somebody who can come back from from all the adversity and from not being a champion to come back to a champion. And you know, that's the, that's all I was thinking about is you know. I'm going to be a champion again one day. It's just a matter of time, and and yeah, so like that never give up type of attitude. Um, exactly. Yep, that's how that's always been me. Um, I know you're from you're from Georgia. Uh, obviously, I'm up here in Virginia, but I rode in North Carolina, and back in my day, there was serious racewear, uh, which Heavy D might remember. 
Uh, but there was a sticker. Oh, there. yeah, I remember Sears Raceway. Yeah, uh, the winners owned it. But anyways, uh, they were like a big dealer and retailer that would come to the racetrack and stuff. But they had a sticker that said, uh, don't give up. And then in capital letters, it said, don't ever give up. And I had it right on my handlebars exactly. for the longest time, man. Because And that's like my life motto. Like, don't ever give up. No matter how bad it gets, don't ever give up. Pain is only temporary. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, let's jump back uh, to last year. Coming off of Loretta's with a fifth and you know, the 250 Pro Sport uh, class and third in the Open Pro Sport, uh, you had a, uh, a really good uh, being that last year at the ranch, uh, kind of like what Heavy D was talking about, your amateur career. Um, I did a Inside the Mind series with you up on the website uh, after Loretta's because I felt like you were kind of an underdog. Uh, you had a really good amateur career, like we, you know, Heavy D was talking about. But I feel like after Loretta's, a oh, lot of sure. a lot of people weren't really looking at you. Um, so speak about your time at the ranch and all of the years that that you did, and then kind of that was your last hurrah at the uh, at the ranch. Yeah, uh, I was able in my amateur career. I won two Loretta's titles on 50s and and 125s, and yeah, you know, I, I definitely raced some fast dudes my whole amateur career leading up. Especially since you know 125s and and up, you know, the competition just gets heater every year, and and <laughs> the guys are fast, the bikes are fast, you know. But yeah, you know, B class, I I rode. I had a, a decent Loretta's and an A class. You know, the first moto I went to the white flag and made the pass and, and got passed back for the win. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, really hard racing, good racing. And, you know, that's what people show up for. And and that's what you train year-round for, you know, is to be able to do the 20-minute to the 25-minute motos at, at full pace. And luckily this year in eighth class, they gave us a 25-minute motos, which, which helped me a lot. You know, the first moto I came from, like, eighth or ninth and made the pass for second, you know, it was a turn to go. Which, yeah. You know, without training all year, and you know, we were pushing, you know, 100% for the whole 25 minutes. And you know, second moto, you know, it was kind of even the the rest of the motos, you know, were up and down. I had I had good rides that you know didn't show too well on paper, but was a good ride, you know, from coming back to you know coming from tenth to fifth, you know, and that in that class is it's very hard because you got to think there's four or five you know factory guys out there, and and the rest you know are, are really fast, but you know, just I definitely wouldn't say I had the year that year at Loretta's. You know, I had good rides, but I mean, I had bad rides, and and that's the stuff you know you you got to limit on. You right. can't have you know two good rides and and two bad rides. You know, you have to to minimize the bad rides. And unfortunately, you know, I had just too many bad rides at the ranch. And and like you said, I I kind of expected you know maybe a little something, but. Yeah, you know, there there was nothing and kind of surprised me. And then luckily, you know, Firepower was able to do something with us, which I'm I'm very grateful for. And, and the bike's amazing. You know, I haven't even rode the bike on outdoors yet. But, you know, I've been on Supercross only since uh, probably since September, October, you know, with a couple injuries. But, but yeah, Firepower was able to do it. And, and the bike's great. And the team's amazing. That's awesome. And one thing uh, that kind of caught my eye, and now that, you know, we're a couple rounds into your uh, rookie debut um, in the write-up, was that you said that you uh, you really enjoy the whoops. So after a couple of rounds and a couple of super crosses, you still liking them? Oh, 
it's a love-hate relationship. I should put it like that. When it's when, going good, I love him. Man, man when, when I was writing bad, that up, I, I was like, man, his first couple of super crosses, I can't wait to get him onto the pod because this is going to be good because I'm sure he's probably going to have a either it's going to go really good or really bad. So, uh, well, I'm pretty sure I'll probably crash in the whoops a good four times this year so far, probably even more. Yeah, but, you, but in the LCQ, that really, really helped you. That first lap. You la- you guard or you gapped those guys so large in the in the whoop section, and that helped you so much. Yes, well, like I said, when it, when it's going good, man, I love them. But when it goes bad, I hate them. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 tricky, man. You just it's hard to want to commit to them when you see them. You know, they're they're, they're big. They're the practice track does them no justice. They're any practice track. You know, they're big at the races, and they get chewed out, and and they get gnarly, and it's just. Yeah, and they're man, they're scary. He just but when it's going good, it's good, and when it's bad, it ain't it ain't good. <laughs> yeah, um, when you guys are doing uh, motos at uh, MTF and with the whole uh, fire uh, firepower team, and we'll get to that here in a second. But is the now that you've gotten into the main event and now you know uh, riding those twenty laps, how gnarly really is the track compared to uh, a, you know a practice day um, Supercross track? Like, is it really that gnarly? Oh yeah, the the supercross tracks, they're you know, the race tracks are are very gnarly. You know, we have a good supercross group here at NTF, but you know, there's only like six or seven of us. And you know, you go to a pro supercross, there's you know, there's fifty and two fifty, and there's forty to fifty and four fifties, and the and even in the night show, you know, you're having forty two fifties, forty four fifties race, and you know, they can't fix the track that quick, so. And the tracks are just built, you know, two days before, three days before. So they're still pretty soft and they get, the TV doesn't know justice. They get chewed up and, and the lines are, are gnarly. Like even Sexton was maybe Indy when he hit the the table on Endo because of a rut. And my teammate Dean did the same thing this weekend. He drug Peg and Endo. And it's just like, yeah, that's some of the stuff you can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's some of the stuff that's hard to get at a practice track with, you know, six or seven people, or even 10 people riding other than, you know, 22 in the main event for, you know, 450 guys do 28 laps, 29 laps. It's hard to duplicate, but, you know, we get as, as close as we can to it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, training at MTF, you've been at MTF for many of many years, and now you have the, you know, the firepower team there and a lot of good people around the team, your Reeve, uh, the owner, and what's that? What's that been like uh, for you working with guys like Martin Davalos and Dean Wilson, Max Anstey? What are they helping you out and giving you pointers and and really being there for you? Oh, for sure. You know, I couldn't ask for you know. Marty's been great. Everybody knows you know Martin Davalos is with his two fifty career, and yep. and the guy's a beast in the whoops. You know, he's he's very fast. Even, like, he hops on a bike now, he goes fast. I was just about to say, does he you know, ever just hop on the bike and just show y'all what Martin Davalos is all about still? Oh, yeah. He hopped on it actually yesterday, and, and you watched him right now. He may only be able to do a couple laps, but it's like, dude, like, you still rip. And it, it kind of <laughs> makes us feel bad, you know, because he doesn't ride anymore. He's he's fast. And it's, <laughs> but you read, he – um. Unfortunately, he hasn't been over here that much with the Australian series and stuff going on. Right. But but uh, Dino Dino does a lot of stuff in California, so he's not here as much. And but Max, no, Max has been you know amazing. He uh, it it's crazy how much he helps out like with me and stuff, even like training days or or even at the like the 
the pro tracks. Like I always do track work with him. It, he, you know, he tells me the lines I should take, and then if I'm not hitting something, you know, you need to hit it in this gear. And he's been great helping stuff like that. But yeah, you know, the team's great. Everybody, everybody's trying to, you know, help make you better and give you the stuff to make you better. Absolutely. Uh, Heavy D, uh, any final questions here for Gage Linville? Yeah, it's just. I, I mean, I've always felt like this. This is just me. <laughs> like, and nothing against fire, like firepower, because fire I think that's an awesome team. Like, uh, I mean, they've come a long way fast. I mean, real quick, and that's something you don't see with a lot of other teams. You know, especially once just starting up within like the past few years. But, exactly. Oh no. I don't know. I just always felt like, like you, like you said, at Loretta's, like you know, you had good moments and bad moments, and I hate how they always judge like your whole like year just off of Loretta's. Because I mean, for me personally, like even when like your first year back after taking your time off on one twenty five when you came back, like you were still ripping, and I always felt like you got over like I always felt like you got shafted. I'm gonna just put it like that. He was the <laughs> underdog, bro. <laughs> Ever since he came back, ever oh. since he he left when he was winning and he came back, he was always looked at as the uh, as the underdog. And, oh, I, I, and exactly, I was like, man, he just year after year. I'm like, what are they thinking? Like, why does he keep getting shafted? Like, this is so shit. Like, I don't care. Like, if you did that already, I mean, you race all freaking year, dude. All oh, exactly. I'm with you, hundred percent. I remember, like. And and not trying to take point names or anything, but at Freestone in the A class, you know, I was on a, a full privateer privateer bike, and the almost every moto I came from like fifteenth to you know the top five. And the last moto I I pulled a good start in the four fifty class and won the moto by like eight seconds. And yeah, you know, I beat fast guys, but going into Loretta's, you know, they're talking about who's going to win, and it's like my name never even mentioned, podium not even mentioned, and it's like. Dude, like I don't know what how to open more eyes. You know, the year I won on one twenty five, I'm pretty sure nobody even knew I was even gonna be in the top five that year and, and able was able to come out and win. But it's like I show y'all like but like you said, every year it comes down to Loretta's. Why is it like that? I, I couldn't tell you. I wish it was a lot different. But I don't I don't know. It's like Loretta's is the the mother of all the races and everybody waits to see what you does do there. But yeah, I won, you know, 11 titles in two years at Minio's. Won the Scott Golden Goggle Award back-to-back years. Nothing. Agreed. I always say, I always say Loretta's is the underdog gift, and it's the favorite kid freaking nightmare. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't want to, going back on that, you don't want to go into Loretta's and they're picking you to win because all that pressure's on you, and you know. Mm-hmm. There's these other kids who, who are really fast that you don't take into, like you don't think about that come there and, and just ride Loretta's good, you know, are really good at Loretta's track. and Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy, man. Absolutely. Well, Gage, I appreciate it. You had a great weekend, obviously, first, you know, uh, main event. And, uh, yeah, uh, w- one final question that I do have. Now that, you know, that you were winning – when you were in amateurs, then you took the break and you came back and now you're starting to get back into your groove. Um, 
is it just more, I guess, fuel to the fire to get back up to the top to kind of open everybody's eyes again? And even though that it's a slow, a slow start, uh, you're, you know, you're grinding your way there. Absolutely, you know, and and look at like going back on it, you know, there's like the rookies that I'm racing with now, you know, they they've been in the main and and it just it really just I'm pissed off at myself that I'm that I wasn't there until now, and it's just like. Oh, I can't tell you how many times. I, it's just frustrating that why did it take me, you know, what are we, a fifth or sixth round for East Coast to get into the main? Why was I here, you know, round round one, okay, round two, I need to be a main guy. And I wasn't. And it took me six rounds. And it's like it, it shouldn't take you that long. Look at all the other rookies. They're already in. You need to go. Like, pick it up. Whatever you got to do, get into the main. Right. As simple as that, you know. Get sketchy. Just get into the main. Once you're in the main, you can build from there. But – you're doing nothing if not in the main. And yeah. That's kind of how I felt. And was the pressure starting to get to you a little bit? Actually, I, I'd say when I didn't make the, the main in round one, it's like, okay, you know, round two, I got to make it. Round two, and the pressure side, well, I wasn't even concerned about the pressure side. I was concerned about – I was just getting, you know, pissed with myself for not being in it. Like, right. Right. Okay, other people want me in it, but in my mind, I should be a main event guy, and I'm not. And that really just, you know, added to it that I need to be a main event guy. I don't care what I need to do through the week or how hard I need to ride on the weekend. I got to be a main event guy, and that's just what I told myself. You know, no matter what, main event guy, and it all starts with the start, and and from there, once you get a start, you know, it'll come to you. So. Absolutely, and you got a great motorcycle underneath you to get the start. I mean, Anstey gets great starts, and you get, you know, good starts with your LCQ, and, um, you know, Dean gets, you know, Dean, everything's good there. They know what they're doing, and um, you do as well, and obviously, you know, now you got the monkey off the back, like we said in the beginning. Um, it only goes exactly. up from here and have that never-say-die uh, type attitude, and uh, Gage, Appreciate you coming on board here to the Imperative MX podcast episode number 19 brought to you by Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. We'll uh, we'll see you in Atlanta, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome, buddy. We'll see you later. See you, See you. Later. Bye. And that was Gage Linville, part of that Firepower Honda 250 Supercross East team uh, teammates with Max Anstey. Man, Heavy D, that was a good interview. I've, I've, I, you know, I've talked to uh, Gage over through text to do that uh, Inside the Mind series and have uh, been watching him for many of many years through the amateur ranks. And, uh, yeah, first time ever talking to Gage, and that was awesome. Really good insight. Yeah, dude, Gage. He, he's cool, man. He, I go way back with old Gage, dude. Back to the 50 days. That's hey, give me, a, give, right me, give, give myself and the listeners a uh, funny story. Uh, if you got one. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, this is going to be good. Uh, matter of fact, okay, I'm going to give you one. Hold on. Let me step out of the room for this because my little girl, she thought I'll give this thing. All right. And so, oh, matter of fact, <laughs> all right, so we're at Loretta's. This was like when he was on 50s. He was on a senior. And, um, as a matter of fact, this is the year he won the Reddit, so I'm not mistaken. So, um, God, what year was that? Anyways, I- I'm like, I'm just out roaming around, you know, doing my thing. And I knew he was about to raise, but I wanted to go watch him. So, Dave was in the shoot. 
you know, uh, 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 behind the gate, yeah. staging, you know, right? And uh, he's sitting there. He's just, like, walking around. I walk up. I was like, hey, Gage. And he was like, what's up, B? Nothing. I was like, you know, you ready to, like, put this thing in the bag? You ready to get it? Oh, uh, yeah. And me, <laughs> not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> this is when, like, Ryder D was blowing up, too. Yeah. It was, like, the same thing. So, stupid me. I'm like, so you think you got Ryder D covered? And he sits there. And he looks at me like I'm dumb, like, bro, he's younger than me. He's on the, he's on a mic. He's on a mic. <laughs> oh, he man. looked at me. He said, he's younger than me. He's on a junior. You really think? <laughs> and you think I, you think you, I let him beat me? Really? Yeah. Really? You, you, you really think so? Me? Yeah. I was like, I'm like, damn, bro. I'm just, I, my bad. I didn't mean to disrespect you, gangster. All right. Oh man, yeah, my fault on that. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, that's too oh, good. Dude. Oh, that's too good. Um, Mika Metals strives to be the best uh, leader in product quality. Their bars are constructed of 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength while still having the flex rider's desire. Mika sprockets are made from 7075 aer- aerospace aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Their unique tooth design design tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer go to www.mikametals.com check it check out the inventory and see for yourself we see the club mx riders have them on their bikes jeremy martin won the uh third race on the night and he also uh took advantage of the uh teammate uh scuffle in the heat race this past weekend um in detroit and got himself a uh heat race victory so uh, go and check out MikaMetals.com. Don't worry, Heavy D. We'll get we'll get to that here here shortly. Don't worry. <laughs> Hydro- oh, I know we will. Yes, sir. Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help eliminate that arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. Myself and Heavy D and everybody wants everybody uh, or make sure every rider rides safe and faster so make sure to go and check out drinkhydropower.com to get your blue raz today the link is in the description of this podcast for 10 percent off of your purchase of any hydropower product or click the link in the top banner on imperativemx.com to get uh some blue raz or uh some lemonade today stuff tastes amazing heavy d got it right here in my cup it's keeping me going it's currently 9 30 at night Got to keep going, you know. It's it's like what we were talking about with Gage, that never say die type of attitude. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that's what this blue Raz is right here in this bottle. It's unbelievable, Heavy D. Um, uh, hey, hey, I gotta get, I gotta get. That yes, that's what I was just about to say. I'm gonna bring some for the ridge for you, or at to the ridge for you. Um, FXR from high performance snow rider wear to motocross gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, and snow gear, whatever it is, FXR will have you dialed. In my opinion, Garrett Marchbank's opinion, Kyle Bitterman that I just saw this weekend at the Salem AMA Arena Cross race, they both agree with me, and they also say that it is the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. So make sure to go and check out fxrracing.com. Find them on social media as well. And thanks for 
their continuing support and everybody's uh, continuing support. And also the brand new sponsor on board, Total Control Racing Suspension. And another guy that I saw this weekend, Heavy D, obviously yeah, was, was, well, no, Chad wasn't there. But I got to see Kyle Peters oh. grab his fourth AMA Arena Cross title. But Chad used to help out Kyle Peters back in the day with his suspension. He does Luke Nice. He does his suspension. He used to help Josh Thomas. Oh, dude, we. Oh man, we're gonna get we're gonna get into this here hey, here in a minute. Funny you brought that up. <laughs> hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, he used to do his suspension, Jim Neese's suspension, Mike McDade's suspension, Brock Tickle's suspension, and so many other guys have trusted Chad at Total Control Racing Suspension, and I am glad that Chad wanted to be a part of the Imperative MX podcast. He loves to keep it local. There is a lot of local legends that I just mentioned right there, um, and it's awesome to hear from Chad. And before we get into the Salem Arena Cross action, Heavy D, tell me a little bit about Silver Valley. We're getting close to race time. The only local national, bro. April, what, 7th, 8th? Yep. NCMX coming up. Hey, right, you going to be flat center? Uh, it's the weekend right after uh, Silver Valley, so or I mean after the Ridge, so uh, I believe so. Don't quote me on it, but I'm gonna try my best to make it out there. Um, I have it on the calendar. I gotta check the funds. Gotta hey, check. Gotta like check the funds. Uh, but actually, I know how it is. actually speak. Well, actually, go ahead and finish out the ad read for Silver Valley Heavy D. Oh yeah, the only local national. If you ain't there, you're missing out. So I'd suggest you better be there because uh, it's the only local national. And it's the pre-warm-up and the only pre-warm-up before it's go time for the uh, pro shootout, baby. So you're going to want to be there. Come on. Absolutely. The best dirt in North Carolina, in my opinion. It's got some of the best, some of the best ruts, some of the best jumps, good floaters, great facility all the way around. They do a great job over there at Silver Valley MX Park. So make sure to get their races on your calendars and uh, and show up. And uh, Heavy D, speaking of funds, before we hop into uh, the Salem Marina Cross and Detroit from this past weekend, we have a Patreon now. And uh, you listeners can go on to our Patreon. It will be in the link wherever you're watching this podcast or check out our social medias as well. There's three different tiers, and what we're going to be doing throughout this Patreon is we're going to be doing giveaways of guys' jerseys. We're going to be doing giveaways of FXR, Total Control, Dirt Industries. Um, we're going to be having uh, signed, personalized um, notes from myself and Heavy D will get your name mentioned on the podcast. There's a lot of different things that you could do with Patreon uh, than, other than what I just mentioned, but you can go and check it out right now. And like I said, there's three different tiers, three different price points, but you could be a local fan, you could have your vet card, or Heavy D, you could become a local legend by supporting the Imperative MX podcast on Patreon. And uh, that helps us support, um, you know, the local races, going to them, covering them. It helps uh, the website and myself get to these AMA Supercross races and uh, any of the other races and also helps with video cameras and um, 
anything in general just to help us bring you guys all of the content um, that we plan for the upcoming uh, month and year and all of that good stuff, Heavy D. So uh, definitely go and check out our Patreon, and that's going to help myself and Heavy D out um, getting to these races. So, Heavy D, what you think oh, about yeah, that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, dude, I think it's sick, you know. I mean, I don't know how other people look at it, but, I mean, I feel like, you know, just because we cover a lot of the local stuff and – you know, we're basically trying to cover the whole plat, you know, the whole board. Right. But like, you know, for two local guys that love the sport, like yourself and I, we want to be at the races. Like we, we want to give the local scene the actual facts to be able to go to this stuff and come back and say, all right, this is what legit happened. Yeah. We're not going off of what somebody else said. This is how it actually went down. We were front and center there, and this is exactly how it played out. And that's what I want to do, Heavy D. I feel like if I am not at the races, I almost feel like sometimes I don't even want to cover it because I don't know everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. I want to go to these races so that I can tell you guys, the listeners, everything that we know from good to bad to great to worse to heartbreaking to whatever the case may be. Uh, the Patreon, along with uh, our sponsors are the ones that are going to be able to uh, support us in doing what we love to do. And like I said, there's three different tiers going from $4.99 all the way up uh, to $20 a month. And anything uh, and everything helps. And, uh, yeah, you could become uh, the local fan, the vet card. You could have your own vet card. Or, like I said, Heavy D, you could become a local legend like uh, like the segment that we have on here. Exactly. And... Oh, one more thing. Like I say, just being able to say exactly what happened. Like, prime example, not trying to get off subject. No, you're good. The whole Hunter Lawrence and Deegan ordeal at the press conference. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like if one of us or both of us was was there, it can be like, all right. Like, nobody else would have the balls to say, you know, Hunter Lawrence interfered. But it's like this. I would say, look. You did something dumb, and you're getting asked a dumb question. So if you don't want to get asked a dumb question, don't do dumb shit. Well, either that or I know we're going to get in. I know that we're going to get into it. But honestly, like, Deegan, if he – I mean, that's fine. If that's a way that he wants to ride and he wants to – actually, let's just go – let's just go ahead and get into it. So let's – go. I wanted to do Salem Arena Cross first, so let's get that out of the way, Heavy D, and then we'll we're jumping the gun here, and I really want to talk yeah, about yeah, it. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm trying to keep us no, on I schedule here. No, no, you're good. I but really to get into it. No, you're good, but it makes me want to. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, no, 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 I agree. Yeah, so make sure you guys go and support uh, all of the sponsors that support us, and also go and check out the Patreon if it um, helps. Uh, you know, if it works for you. And uh, yeah, it helps us. Anything and everything will uh, will help us get to these races and uh, cover all of the action for you guys. So um, Salem Arena Cross obviously is in my hometown this weekend. It was round twelve, and uh, Kyle Peters wrapped up his fourth AMA Arena Cross Championship. He is one away from tying Budman. Uh, that's Buddy Antonez, and uh, then he'll need one more. So he needs two more years to solidify himself as the uh um 
the most arena guy, or the, you know, yeah. yeah, the arena cross guy. Like he is the guy. Uh, you know, he's won the most championships. Uh, Buddy has a lot of wins, like over a hundred, and uh, Kyle didn't say anything about coming close to that. So I don't think that's in his mind, but definitely the championship is. And um, I got to speak to him afterwards. Uh, it's actually up on um, Apple and some others. I'll put it on Spotify tonight before I go to bed. I did it yesterday, I think. Uh, but anyways, uh, the post-race, or you could actually go and check it out on imperativemx.com the morning after from the AMA Arena Cross. I put it up on there as well. So, but anyways, um, got to speak to Kyle and uh, afterwards, and he's just blessed. You know, he had a gnarly injury that took him out for six months. He didn't know if he was even going to be able to ride anymore. He just wanted to go through life again, pretty much. You know, he just wanted to be able to just do normal things, you know, because he didn't have feeling there for a little bit. Like, everything worked, but the feeling wasn't the same. So he had to come through a lot uh, to come back. And myself and Kyle, we were joking about it uh, with JT, with Josh Thomas. You know, it was a it was a local it was a local theme there. You know, we had Taco there. You know, so uh, it was a local showdown. Yeah, yeah. Josh Joshy showed up. Yeah, dude, it was a full moto meet. Joshy Washy showed up. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, dude, it was a full it was a full local scene over there, man. It was cool. Yeah, it, that was, it was a cool. local congregation meeting. What that was? Oh, I'm telling you, it was cool. Like uh, the pits were cool. Like and you know, Bitterman's over there too, and um, you know, so it was it was cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, I you know I talked to him. Uh, he's not doing any Supercrosses this year, but he does have interest to do some World Supercross and. I'm going to say right now, he's sneaky good because if you look back on his career in Supercross, his average has got to be a seven. Like, he's a seven, seven, well, seven, 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 seven type guy, you know? Like, I honestly don't blame him for not racing Supercross. He kind of got shafted several years ago. Dude. Bobby? You. <laughs> no, was, no. Was it not the, not, not the star no. year? No, no. So this is when he was the Grenade Energy Honda. You remember that? Uh, no, I don't. You remember, wrote, you remember when he wrote Grenade Energy Honda? No, I don't. Who was on there? Okay, so it was him, Cade Clayson. I think it was Grenade. It was called Grenade Energy. I'm pretty sure it was Grenade Energy. Yeah, it was him, Cade Clayson. Aaron Lonegar and somebody else. It was it was only like a select few of them. Yeah. Um. But he, it was I forgot what race it was, but he ripped the whole shot in the heat and he was leading. And they didn't, dude. I kid you not. They didn't even. It was somebody else. I think it was when Adam Cicerelli was racing, and they kept the camera on him the whole time, and Kyle was leading the heat race. Yeah. And they never even put the camera on him, and so it was kind of a shitty situation because I mean as a privateer team like Grenade Energy was new so I mean they should have honestly got TV time for that like he should have too yeah but they they didn't put the camera on him until he got past huh. and that and his old mechanic Chums which is cool he was cool as hell yeah he like tweeted about it and he like straight up direct messaged it to Jeff Emig and Jeff Emig was like, wasn't my call, Ralph Shaheen's call. No way. <laughs> Unreal. He just dimed Ralph, he dimed Ralph out. 
he was like, it wasn't my call. It was Ralph's call. Unreal. And so, and then I think it was like from there on, it was like, it was pretty much, I mean, honestly, he, I think he did the right thing just by standing around the cross because it, it was, it's so many, I mean, probably not now, but I, I said, I, I, to me, it's just always politics in it. Yeah. No matter how you look at it, and for me, I think that was like it was, it was pretty shitty. Like he's out there leading the heat races. I mean, if it, I don't care if it's heat race or not, but like you know, these sponsors are paying money, so you know, for them to get notoriety, it's like you you, you push your guys to run out front or try to get on the podium, and he's out front, and they ain't even putting the camera on them, so they can like call out like, all right, grenade energy and this and that. I mean. You don't get that TV time. These these sponsors don't get no no notoriety, or you know what I mean. You know how. Yeah, I they're not. So they're, I just feel like that was. A, well, that's kind of almost like the OnlyFans, right? With like Logan, you know, right. like yeah, yeah, sure. It's a it's a you know, not a good looking website for a for a professional series, but hey, you're allowing them to have their stuff on their bikes, and you're allowing this to happen. So why not just say it? Like it's not well. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. My thing is this though too. Like these dudes, they got they. I mean, they gotta get sponsors. I ain't gonna say any way they can. I don't want to make it sound like that. That sounds a little suspect. Put it that way. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I mean, they... <laughs> stop it, heavy D. <laughs> we don't. We don't do that. We don't do that. Okay. At least we hope not. All right. At least we hope nobody yeah. does that. Uh, oh, dude. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I did not mean I didn't know we were at Kiefer after dark. I didn't know we were at Kiefer after dark. Golly. We try to, we try to keep it PG to some yeah, extent we, on you. Yeah, man. There's there's little kids that are listening with their parents. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. They're going but, to the racetrack. <laughs> they're ready to go. They're amped up. You know? Oh, dude. oh but anyhow, they trying to get sponsors. So I mean, if that's what he gets, and they're paying money for him to race that series, I mean, I, that's just what they they need to like give him some notoriety if they out there doing good stuff. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. So, um, but uh, the arena cross, man, it was it was really cool. Um, it, you know, obviously home, it was different. Uh, the dirt was different. The vibe was different than uh, the tri-state arena crosses, which I. Uh, which have come here. Um, I think they're from like Ohio or West Virginia or something. Yeah, they are. My buddy Cameron Farmer, uh, he uh, he does that ordeal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That so is, they're yeah. not, it's not a bad series. Um, but the dirt that they would get in Salem, dude, it would get so hard packed. It would be, it's a, it's not a dust bowl, but it might as well be. It, you, it was bad. For a, for a lot of years, you could just go into the corner and barely tap your back brake, and dude, you're sliding all the way around the bowl corner. Like, it yeah, because that's that cheap dirt nobody else wants. Yeah. So, coming in before, while I was getting my media pass uh, wristband and you know all of that, and I'm talking to the people at uh, the sign up and you know all of that, um, she's like, you know, you're talking about that, you know, you've been to you know these races here in this how's the dirt going to shape? I'm like, well, I haven't even gone out there and looked, but I really hope that it's not the hard pack stuff. And heavy D, it was not. It was like pottery soil out there. They were working the track so much 
and having to do so much because of kind of what happened to uh, JT over the finish line. Like, if you guys want to see all of the carnage that happened, go and check out Matt Burkeen's YouTube and watch all of the carnage that happened this weekend. And, dude, it was unreal. The, the Dude, it looked like – I mean – no, I'm sorry I mean to cut you no, off. No, no, you're good. I was ready to stop anyways. Uh, I was just saying, it looked – I seen several people – it looked like it had like a late kicker in it. It did. So, like – as soon as they would go up, right, you know at the very top they do that last little blip? Well, that was developing. Yep. That was developing every single lap. It was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And, yeah, I mean, it was it was really hard to keep up, like, with it um, and the track. Um, the whoops were okay, at least from what, what I've seen. Um, and I, you know, was looking. But as far as the the rhythms – and all of that, the dirt was just really, really soft, and it was hard to work with. Now, for what they had and what they worked with was a lot better than what they've had in previous series that have come you know, to the Civic Center, so that's good. Mm-hmm. And also, I did confirm that this was the first time in 21 years that AMA Arena Cross has come back to Southwest Virginia. Oh, wow. Yep. Now, they were in Hampton for a couple of years. They did Hampton, Virginia, but they've never mm-hmm. come back uh, because of the incident that we were talking about with uh, the freezing and the mon- and they allowed the monster mm-hmm. trucks the next weekend. Yep, so um, so that was cool. Uh, that, was really, that was really enjoyable. Um, Kristen, the girl that does the interviews um, and, you know, the floor talk, uh, she was really cool to work with. Maddie Media, who does all of their pictures, he was really cool to work with. The social media guys there all were really nice. Um, I really had nothing bad to say other than how gnarly the track ended up becoming because of some of, like, dude, in practice, there. I mean, Matt got it on video, and I'm sure you checked it out, but, dude, it was Panic Rev City. Like, it was it was bad. It was it was not good, dude. That triple in was insane, bro. B Ray, oh my gosh, dude. I dude, that was the case heard around the world. And Mike Mike Visor, he was there as well, and he's not wrong because I mean it just got so quiet. Like as soon as he took off, I knew he was not making it. I knew as soon as he took off, I'm like, yep, he doesn't have enough speed, and he's just in the air, and he doesn't, you know, dude. That was bad. That was bad. And you know what's crazy? Is the local legend Josh Thomas went out there and jumped at the uh, second lap. And Lesher was the very first person to do it because they were the first practice. And he didn't do it until I think the third or fourth lap. And KP, it took KP a long time to do it and Bitterman. It took him, a, it took him quite a while. Um, and Preston Taylor. Well, uh, Taylor actually got it pretty early. But Lesher was the first one to get it and... He was the only one doing it for quite a while. Well, like I said from jump, from like one of our first episodes, Josh Thomas is a different breed. That he just like he he, he cut real different, <laughs> bro. So he had that gnarly crash, and I was I was at uh, the staging area right there at the uh, gate, pretty much. And so when he came off the track, he was just holding he was just holding his balls, man, like. Cause it it dude, 
that hurt so bad. I know he did. And Josh, Josh, he came. Or I think it was Josh. He came over and he was and uh, he was like, he was like, uh, or I asked him. I was like, man, is is he all right? And and Josh looked at me and he was like, uh, Thomas. He he looked at me and he was like, man, it just hurt. It just hurt my balls. And Josh, Josh, he was like, sorry, bro, you don't need them anyways. You going back out? And Josh was like, yep. <laughs> like unreal, oh unreal. That was that was crazy, and I think he qualified like eighth or ninth fastest too, like un- stock bike completely stock. I'm like, I'm like, uh, cause going through the whoops, I mean, hit you know his rear end is just sagging. It's not wanting to like stay on top of the whoops like his front end is, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why don't you just call Chad? Like call Chad. He's like, oh, I don't want to bother him. I'm like, dude. If you call Chad, I guarantee that he will stop doing whatever he's doing to fucking talk to you. Like, you're fine. Like, dude. You're on the verge of meeting your maker through the whoops and you don't want to call the suspension guy. Dude, that's what I said. I'm like, dude, you're tripling in and oh my gosh, man. Like, I'm like, all right, man, he's just a different breed. Like I said, you know, that 117 would show up on that Cowie when we were at fucking Windy Hill or Devil's Ridge or Rolling Hills or wherever it was. Yeah, dude, we were not winning if he showed up. Dude, you see how he was doing on a stock bike? Man, like, when's the last time he raced in a Lincoln Cross race? I mean, I mean, he was going to race straight rhythm, but I mean, still. Uh, 2012? No. Yeah, dude. Like ten, ten or eleven. And my dude was still, still running up front. Like, yeah, and he if, was ready to go to the front. And if you go and check out the YouTube channel, um, on Imperative MX, um, I have a full, pretty much lap of of him, uh, going through in the qualifying session. I'm just, I'm just amazed because yeah, like I said, bro, he went out there second lap and jumped that triple and greased it. I'm like, what? Like, because, you know, when you talk to him, like we said on that episode when we brought up, you know, for our first local legend, and that's just on point that he was the first one that we did because it's it's so true, and this weekend proved it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would have had, he would have had second in that heat race. He would have gone to the main event, and he would have been just fine, probably sixth, seventh, fifth, Somewhere right around in there, he's probably behind Clark and he's behind Taylor, and I can't remember who like six through ten was, but I'm pretty sure he he's in there, you know. So unreal, guys, I mean, unreal. The dude is just, I mean, it's just that's literally what you call just pure natural gift, just God given natural talent, like absolutely, just to go. I mean, it don't matter what it is. Like, it don't even look like you can ride a dirt bike. You could definitely go be a model. But, One, two, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, I mean, God, if I had that much talent in my right hand, I would send everything on the man. He already does, but I'm just saying, like, that's the, that's the good thing about having that much talent. You can go send stuff. Yeah, no kidding. And, yeah, we I had a really good conversation with him. Um, uh, pretty much, you know, multiple times throughout the day, and he's such a cool guy. And we bullshitted on all of our local, uh, old local racing talks and 
all of that. And, of course, at the end of the night, he threw on a Kyle Peters shirt and went over there and took pictures and stuff like that because him and KP go back many, many years, uh, all the way in, you know, amateurs and really, really young. So um, it was really cool uh, to see, uh, to be there. Uh, to get the post-race interview, that was cool. You know, kind of be the first person to talk to him uh, right after and in the moment. So make sure to go check that out. Uh, also talked with Jared Leisure, who uh, two-stroke rider, and um, Matty B was was loving it. Matty B was loving the two-stroke action. His his boy two fifty-three, and uh, and also Jared. I mean, that bike sounds so good. However it sounds on TV, it sounds just as good inside of a small arena, um, especially during qualifying. Oh, man, him going through the whoops. Yeah, that, that. Oh, my gosh, Heavy D. It was. I was barking. Oh, dude. <laughs> Super bark. Yeah. And he would go and just hit the triple, and it's like he's not even trying to hit the triple. I mean, it was it – was, Honestly, go and watch the uh, the video that I put up. Even though that it's just raw footage of the main event and stuff, it's unreal um, what these guys do. And the main event actually was really, really good, actually. Uh, Leisure won the first one. Uh, Preston Taylor held, held it until maybe about three laps to go or so. And uh, Leisure got by him, and KP was all over Leisure on that, uh, on that, fin- that second-to-last lap in the corner almost had uh the pass made but ledger was able to hold on uh for the win on the next lap and that was cool and uh then the next moto the inverted start obviously the next race um chaos happens in the second corner a lot of guys go down so obviously the top guys get through all of that and uh yeah bitterman crashed in the first uh in the first race and he was in fourth and uh then on the inversion they got a little lucky so they were able to push their way through the pack and uh, Bitterman, man, he's another guy that is just, dude, his whoop speed is unreal. And the practice times were really close between Clark, Ledger, Bitterman, and Peters. They were all within one second of each other, uh, right there in the 22nd range. Like 20, it was really like, um, I think Clark got it there at the end or Bitterman I can't remember but it was like a 20.3 and then every oh, the other four guys were like 20.5s it was crazy how tight they were um so it it I knew going into the night that it was going to develop for some great racing action and honestly it had um really really good lines even though uh you know the track's tight and stuff but that rhythm lane actually worked uh for for those guys if you can come off and you can double triple into the right hander before the finish line it was just as fast because that that triple would send you straight up into the air so if you could kind of oh yeah kind of scrub the double a little bit cuz peter's almost made it work there on that last lap in, in race number 1 and um peter's made the pass on the inside uh after the finish line right there at the mechanics area on the start so it was a lot it was a lot of good racing all the way around uh preston taylor rode really good both uh peters and ledger gave him props on that and uh yeah bitterman man he I, i told him before that second moto i'm like bro you're just as good as these guys like go get them man and man he just lost it there on the second to last lap and it's just like dang it man like like 
you are so fast. Like, you can do this, man. Like, I, I just wanted the series to be a little bit closer, and I wanted him to kind of pull out a win. We all knew that KP was going to grab the title. You know what I'm saying? But I just wanted somebody to be, you know, to, to win differently uh, on this night. But you can't knock the local legend himself, Kyle Peters, out. So, No, nah, you got that right. Absolutely. All right, Heavy D. Yeah, uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of anything else that happened. Uh, talk to Carlos Short, Taco. Uh, actually, I was listening yeah. to the rest of the uh, Pulpomex show uh, today, and they were talking about Taco, and Pulpome- and Steve <laughs> wants to get Taco into his fucking LCQ challenge. <laughs> he's like, he's like, can we bring Taco? He's like, I don't even know this kid, but I just know that he just goes and fucking takes down everybody. And and he had Peters and Nicoletti on the line when he's talking about it. So it was it was pretty cool. It was funny. It was funny for sure. Oh my god! As like I a wild card. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So yeah, make sure you guys go and check that out. ImperativeMX.com. Morning after, um, the AMA Arena Cross Championship. Heavy D. Let's get into our final racing action talk of the night. Detroit. The heartbreaking moment coming from obviously oh. Detroit Monster Energy AMA Supercross round number ten will be will go down uh, or round nine. I don't even know what round we're. I think it's round ten. Anyways, um, to me, I wrote it up on the website that night at like one o'clock in the morning because I couldn't get it off my mind. But that is probably, if not the most heartbreaking loss that I think we've ever seen. It is. It, it, it hurt me to my soul. I felt so... I felt it for my guy, dude. He, to do all that work and work so hard and then for it to, like, end up how it did, God, it sucks so bad. Yeah. I, it was... I, I couldn't... Like I said, man, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it I'm just like I feel I felt so gutted for the guy literally a lap and two corners away and he would have won his first 450 Supercross main event and you know it's contract season for AP it hasn't been going well on this KTM until this year um, and really just mm-hmm. his just his uh, 450 Supercross really appearance um, he has two podiums, I think, in his you know 450 Supercross career, and uh, yeah, this would have been his first one. Nobody, I don't think, doesn't love AP, and he gained a lot more fans uh, on Saturday night when he um, and JT did that interview. Hmm. Hold on, say it again. You broke up. You broke up. Say it again. Um, oh, that was me. You broke up. When. JT and himself, uh, AP, had that interview. He gained a lot more fans. Oh, without a doubt. I know he did. Like, I mean, how can you not like AP, dude? I don't know, but if you don't like AP, dude, meet me in the parking lot. (laughs) My boy said he ready to square off. Bro, I'm a dude. Like, I don't think anybody can give me a viable reason on why they don't like AP. Like, I'm not even that type of violent guy, but I'm just saying that's one that 
I could get a little aggravated with because I don't think there's anything anybody could say about the guy. I mean, in 2017 in Seattle, this, the race that we're going to this weekend, he belly flopped in the mud. <laughs> how do you not love AP, bro? Like, how could you not? It was, what's funny is, like, you know how some guys, is like, they kind of have, like, an image they try to portray and, like, have, like, put on for a camera? Yeah. That he's not like that, dude. That's just how he really is. Like he's legit like that. I've known, I've known AP for like several years, dude, and like dude, he's always been like that, cool as can be, laid back, like very interactive. Like that's why I say he's the Dale Earnhardt of motocross. Like he literally is. Not just because of like like him being country, just because he has that like personality. That like you you want you know he 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 tries he gives a hundred percent he loves racing loves doing it for the fans but it's just that like you like you've been talking about that never give up spirit like I guarantee you, he's gonna come back for redemption he ain't gonna like just let that go so easy he's 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 definitely coming back to get more absolutely and uh, he was on the Pulpomex show also uh, this Monday night and he was saying that this that he's ready to go like he's coming back for redemption like this is like kind of what we were talking about with gauge like this is uh field the fire 100 percent and mm-hmm. he no dude he was gapping like it wasn't like you know these guys behind him fell he gapped sexton well i won't even really say sexton but i mean sexton got a bad start but he gapped uh webb he gapped Tomac, he gapped Barsha, he gapped all of those guys, and he was gone. Like, eight oh, seconds, seven and a half, he was gone, and he kept it there, like, the entire race. And sure, Chase started to get close, and it started to get interesting, but he had it. 100%, he had it, and sure enough, the one lap that he doesn't sit down going through that rut to step onto the tabletop, it eats him. And it that was a hard hit, too. And he tucked. That was a hard hit. Yeah. It was, dude. It was golly. Like, he tucked and, like, you know, he kind of laid on his head and it bent his neck up a little bit. But he was all right. I mean, luckily he's a lanky dude, tall lanky dude. But. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, man, that ain't going to be good. And I felt so bad for him. Oh, dude, when he got – I'm I'm not even going to front. As soon as he started talking and he said it hurts a lot and you can hear, like, the sobbingness, like, coming out of his voice, bro, I straight shed a tear, bro. I don't even care. That one hurt. That one hurt. No, and one of the things was, was like, he wasn't trying to, like – He's like, it was one of those things, dude. It was like, you could tell the, like the toughness and trying to hold it in, but oh, dude, it, it hurt. Like I was like, dude, it, it hurt my heart, bro. Like I was like, dude, like oh, you don't ever want to see it happen to anybody, but of all people, it's like, dang, why, man? The nicest dude that the, uh, can be, and it goes away from him like that. Golly, I mean. Dude, it makes me want to tear up right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, dude. Trust me. I know every single time I go back and reread my thing, it just makes me want to tear up. And, yeah, hearing him on the uh, Pulp Show was cool because 
as they got deeper into the conversations, it was um, his spirits are very high coming into Seattle because he's had success there, like I was talking about with the belly flop after a win. So um, real soft soil. Um, so I think I think this is going to be a really good race. And, uh, man, he's on the rise. I wrote about it uh, after Tampa, after he got his podium. Uh, that was the last time he stood on the, on the box. Um, which is crazy because he's been so good these last couple of weeks but just hasn't gotten on the box and, and he almost had a win like we've said and you you know everybody's heard um but uh sexton is the one that he saw ap on the ground and he was like oh my god it's not me like holy shit <laughs> it's not me like oh my god like you know like so it was cool for Sexton to finally have something go his way, but it was also so heartbreaking for AP. So it's like, yeah, dude. it's like you feel so good for Chase, but you also feel so bad for AP. Like, uh, this is me. I'm not knocking Chase by any means. Like, I mean, his it was. I think for Aaron is a little different, just because. I mean. In Chase's situation, he's literally every race he hasn't won is because he kind of threw it away to sell. Yeah, it's not like he had anybody around him. He just kind of like dipped the dust, and he was doing the same mistake over and over and over. So, like for me, I mean, not knocking him, I'm not by any means. It's like for me, there's no really feel bad there because he was doing the same thing over and over. It's like you, you get to a certain point where like, all right, you know, like. Okay, like you probably should back it down and pay a little bit more attention. Yep. Where for for AP, it was one of those ordeals. It was like, all right, he got out there, and it was just one simple mistake. And it ain't like he did anything wrong. A lot of dudes stand up through ruts. Like they kind of preach that ordeal. Yeah, but I, you know, I mean, I can just because. Uh, that rut was just so deep and kind of like what Gage was talking yeah. about. Like, it just got so deep that from where he deep, sat yeah. there, it was fine. But when he stood up and he still had his leg there on the foot peg, oh. he just caught it, bro. And he rode it out like a true cowboy. Like a true mm -hmm. cowboy would. He did not let that bull go until there was absolutely no turning back. Mm -hmm. No, he did, dude. It was... I felt for him because it was like it was one of those ordeals. It was like, dang, it was like like you said, Gay said the tracks are a lot gnarlier in person. Like TV don't really do them justice, and that was a prime example right there. Absolutely. Um, Webb gets second and uh, extends extends the points lead a little bit over Tomac. Uh, Chase ended up getting a penalty after the main event like 30 seconds after the main event he jumped on a red cross and red lights um and yeah i i agree with the call but i don't agree with it because the rider wasn't down on the double or wilson wasn't down on the double but everybody else behind chase rolled it and the lights were on and chase said as soon as he jumped it he was like oh yeah i'm getting docked for this so um yeah, I mean, I agree with it. Seven's a little harsh. I don't really like the rule that the top four, if you're in the top four, it gets harsher as far as points go. Um, and then from four to 20, 
it's the same four or five points instead of it being uh, six or seven or however many it can be uh, from the first four guys. So I don't really like that rule. Um, I'm okay with five. The five rule would have been fine for that, but seven, I, I felt like seven was a lot for that. Yeah, that was it was it was a good night for him and a bad like that kind of sucked because I mean that puts a a, a big big dampening on the points right there you know like that one kind of sucks I mean I, I like I, I think I mean five may not seem like a lot but I mean it to me personally it still is like oh, especially in this close fight point, yeah right? yeah. I and, mean, and being I round ten, like, and you know we only got seven left to go, so or six left to go, whatever. So, um, that's a yeah. it's a lot better than taking the win from him. Like that could have been detrimental. Yeah, a um, lot, a lot worse. You know. Yeah, that hundred thousand dollars looks good in the bank in the bank account. So let's keep it there. Yeah, you're right about that. So, um, two fifty. I mean, um. Uh, the rest in 450. Uh, I know that a lot of the top, or a lot of the private, or some of the privateers uh, got really good results. The Hill Brothers had their best night, a seventh and a tenth. That is awesome for the Hill Brothers. That is so oh, yeah. cool. That is so cool, and they're only going to get better. I was speaking to Josh about that out at 40, and he was like, "Oh yeah, well, I mean, I, I kind of got lucky." I was like, "Dude, ain't to me, I was like, ain't really no luck. I don't really." You don't look your way into a tenth place. Hell, like, hell I mean, no! Like, <laughs> not in, in four fifty Supercross. But he was like, he got it because pleasure to crash, and he was like, he felt so bad. He was like, dude, I come off and I see, I went past him. He said, I went past him. I was like, no way. Oh. He was like, cause he was like ripping when he was out there leading. It. He went past and seen that. He was like, dude. It, it gutted me to see he crashed. Like, it sucked. I was like, I can only imagine. Yeah, and, you know, the whole crowd, like, you know, because we didn't get to see it on TV because they were watching, I think, Sexton or somebody. They were watching somebody else, and then you just hear the crowd erupt, and you're like, all right, here in about two two or three seconds, we'll find out. Oh, my God, it's AP. Like, please don't tell me it's AP mm -hmm. pretty much that two or three seconds, and you're like, oh, my God. So... Yeah, I'll, yeah, never, dude, I'll never forget sucks, that for so sure. Bad. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, and like I said, even in the article that I wrote, that Chad Reed's 2008 Daytona was bad, uh, but this one was worse. This one was way worse. Yeah. Way worse. So, at least for me, um, if anybody else can think of any other ones that were just, uh, you know, just as bad or bad uh, or worse than this one, uh, let me know, imperativemx at gmail.com. Um, Anything else 450-wise, Heavy D? Well, see, dude, it was so much action going on. Oh, yeah. I didn't know Tomac's neck was hurt. Yeah, so uh, he apparently said that he just must have slept on it wrong. Um, that's just what he's saying. That's what he was saying going in. Said that the weekend before, the weird eighth place that he had at, um, uh, was that Arlington? No. They, no. I can't. Anyways, um, oh, Indy, Indy, he got eighth. Um, he was, yeah, he said he had woke up, sore neck, and uh, yeah, he didn't ride very well. But he got he got lucked into an uh, to a third place this weekend. Um, he's 
afterwards he said the neck really isn't bothering him um but as they talked a little right. bit more it seems like it could be a thing um but i don't know we're we have to see this weekend see if see if it really looks good i mean to to me him and the whoops have not looked as good as he first was in the beginning i don't know if it's just a track or if they've gone a different direction with the bike but it doesn't look like the eli tomac blitzing through the whoops like we saw at the beginning of the year honestly i think it's just these tighter tracks man it's i I feel like it could be the tighter tracks that's just me you know like you know tomac's like a lot of tracks in the sweep are a bit more open he like he can about you know dominate on them but when you get into like the tighter tracks i think it's like but his riding style and how he rides, if you ever notice, he rides in, like, a low gear. Like, he may come out of the corner of third and fourth and just clutch the piss out of it. And in a tight track, that's a bit hard because when you start to flow, you, your momentum is killed. Yeah, because it, it is really so kill tight. Your momentum. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's why Coop's so, so good at those those indoor or those mm-hmm. stadiums that are really tight because he can just turn down on a dime, and he's really good at that. So, oh, exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what he could do this weekend in Seattle. Um, it'll be really interesting if he can bounce back here. He's um, uh, behind Webb in the uh, points, obviously. And then Chase now is 17 back uh, of um, of those guys ahead of him. So, he's got some work to do for sure. Um, but moving oh, I in. Said low gear. I'm in high gear. My bad. High gear. Yeah, high gear. Um, heavy or um, yeah, heavy D two fifty class. Uh, Hunter Lawrence gets to start, wins again. Thrasher gets behind him, and uh, Hayden gets his second podium. Deegan he gets his second podium on the year, and um, Thrasher's teammate Jordan Smith did not make the main event. A hell of a performance in that LCQ, and damn near almost got it done. But Chambers, Chambers wrote it well. And we we talked about it. He should have cut it to the inside. He should have just stopped and should have just cut right to the inside. Um, but the heat race, heavy D. What what what's your what's your thoughts and opinions on the heat race battle between the teammates, Hayden Deegan and Jordan Smith? Okay, this is, and this is just my personal opinion on it. Jordan's my guy. I, I mean, I like Deegan, too. I don't know him, but I like Deegan. But Jordan, like, that that's my homie, and I go back. But, I mean, on the outside, everybody looks at it. Yeah, it's a team. You you pit out of the same tent. You know, your bikes roll out of the same trailer. But at the end of the day, and this is just a sad truth, at the end of the day, they – how can I put it? At the end of the day, oh, it's only one winner. It's not like it ain't really a team win. It's a one winner because if you look at it, the guy with the most wins at the end of the day, he's going. He'll be the one to stay on the team. And I don't personally know Bobby Reagan, but like from the stories I've heard, you know, he wants a winner. So he ain't he ain't in there telling him, you know, y'all need to kiss and make up. He's probably in there saying, all right, you know, want, you know, get your shit together. You on this team to win and. 
if you let this rookie come take advantage of you, then hey, you need to you, you better get your foot on the pedal. And I could be wrong, but I just feel like that's probably how that conversation went. I don't think it was one of those ordeals where they were like, you know, you don't need to do that. But I mean, that that's just me personally because at the end of the day, I feel like it's a team, but. I mean, if it came down to it and it was a championship, I guarantee they're gonna go at each other's throat for that championship. Oh, absolutely. So only oh. one of them only one of them can walk away with that that you know, that big check. It don't go to that whole team, it goes to that rider. So when it like I said, they're on the same bike. They bike roll out the same trailer and they sit out of the same tent. But that's as far as that team goes. When you out there, you out there by yourself. And I get that Rubbin's racing and I get that you know you want to go out there and win now in a heat race what's your opinion on because honestly dude i've watched a lot of arena cross in my in my years that was a arena cross type battle for like four corners that was arena cross type uh racing so looking at it as a heat race you know the the two guys you know that are that are going to win either one is going to win this heat race like or like the team yeah. like the team are they mad that you know they both went after each other like that uh because it was it was both of their both of their mistakes at least in my opinion oh um, yeah it just both it, of them it wasn't made mistakes one fault. but is the team like bro Y'all don't need to do this in a heat race. Both of y'all could have gone straight in, and because of this, Jordan wasn't able to make it into the main event. And sure, you can blame 100%, because I heard or, uh, Kiefer said that he knows somebody that's close to the star rig and said that whenever Jordan came back from the LCQ, he said the kid ruined my night. So, um, <laughs> I so, mean, okay, here's how I look at it, too. If, and... <sighs> At, at some point, like I said, George, my guy, this is my opinion. He could say he ruined his night, but at the end of the day, and, but I also get, George is not going to back down from him. That's just how he is. He ain't going to back down from nobody, no matter what the situation. I don't necessarily, I ain't saying it's a pride thing, but he's not going to back down. But also at the same time, at the same time, it was, he could have just, let it go. He, it's, a, it's a heat race just to get to the main. He could have been like, all right, you know, go do your thing, dude. It ain't that deep. We get to the main, I'm trying to get my check. Because you can't get a check in the heat, but you can get a check in the main. Right. And so, I guess that so, I guess that question is, is more towards Hayden. Because, obviously, Jordan is a vet in the class. Jordan, I mean, Deegan, just coming in, sure, he likes that, that great racing, Rubbins racing, he likes the contact. He likes that heart rate spike. That's fine. But just in a heat race, I'd be like, bro, can we just save it for the main event? And then also, yeah, well, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, I use it, Jordan's a vet. I think the mentality should be, at the end of the day, after it's all still done, he, you got to sit back and think, okay, take accountability for your actions. He could have. He should have the best thing to do to show that he was a smarter and better and more seasoned rider. Let him have it. You can have an eat race. Yep. Why? And when we get to this main, I'm gonna show you what time it is, and I'm gonna get this checked. 
that's uh, for me. That's how you deal with that. Be be the smart vet rider. Don't don't make it a a, a a pissing contest. Right. Let him if he wants to make it a pissing contest. Let him go in the corner and piss all he wants. Yeah, I'm just I I just want to. I would rather see that in the main event than in a in a heat race. Oh yeah. That that's that's exactly. the only problem I have with the entire thing is if you want to race like that. It's great because, you know, it's going to be all over social media because everybody's going to be talking about it, right? But mm-hmm. can we just save it for the main event? I, I just – Yeah, no. The, heat, heat race just was a little too I, much. I agree. And right off the start of the heat race, and too, let me add. I agree. But that's just why I say, like, Jordan, be the, be the smarter vet rider. Let him go. Let him have it. Just, yeah. it is what it is like oh yeah a heat race ain't gonna solidify your career and it ain't gonna it ain't gonna fatten the bank account no more but no but event, Hayden hey. Hayden damn near seemed like that heat race really really fucking mattered though you know like I'd have let him have it I, I know like, I know I'd have been like bro you're trying to yeah bro you're trying to do some wild shit right now alright bro just go like I'll follow you and I'll pass you in the whoops the next lap you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah yep. um but um trying to think. Uh Hunter, like I said, he he got away uh pretty good uh up on Thrasher. Thrasher's still dealing with his ACL on the podium. He still wants to improve and get better and over this three weeks, uh I think he'll get some good rehab and good rest that he that he needs and come back swinging when we get to uh Atlanta. So that will be good. Hunter is just as good as Jet. Uh the stats don't lie. And uh, his riding style and uh, all of that don't lie either. Uh, he's very, very good this year, way better than years previous. Myself and Chris Kiefer uh, agree on that, and nobody else can tell me different. Uh, he's riding really, really good this year. And um, a lot of also um, career best as far as po- as far as privateers go. Um, well, also got to talk about uh, Chris Belos finishing a fifth. So that's good for Chris. He's, you know, obviously 35 years old, zombie, can't kill a zombie. But he's out there and uh, did really well for the team this weekend and uh, putting Pro Circuit Kawasaki on his back. Off all blows. Yeah, because he's on. It's him that AC can the tour. Well, basically just him. AC and Anderson's on 450s. Yeah. My guy's the Lone Ranger out here in the 250. Everybody out here on the sidelines with canes walking around, <laughs> and and he's thirty five years right old, and he's in. still still digging. Out there with Don Sprills and arthritis medicine, trying to get it done. It's, that's too good. Yeah, no, it was good for Chris <laughs> too. He got a good start too. Uh, got a really good start, and you know, even though he got pushed back, but it was about fifth or so. So, um, good ride for Mister Zombie. Chris Bloss and uh, like I said, Colin Park, the Phoenix Racing Honda guys, same team as Kyle Peters. Uh, those guys are just stuck like glue to each other. Jace Owen and um, and um, Braswell, they're all just pretty much just stick mm-hmm. just sticking around each other. Park and Owen and uh, Braswell, yeah, they're all they're all or shock. I'm sorry, Braswell's a little bit farther back. Uh, I think he got 14th. I think that was his best this weekend. Uh, this yeah, this past weekend. Yeah, he, he's getting better. He's getting better. Yeah, because the first two he didn't make it right, so it was a little rough mm-hmm. for him, or the very first one. But um, ever since then he's making it in, so that's good. And um, 
yeah, like I said, there was a there was a lot of guys that made it in, um, like Gage for his first time. So that was cool, and it was good for him to come on and talk about it. Uh, it had been long overdue for myself to talk to Gage, so uh, that was awesome. Anything else, Heavy D, as far as um, anything that we've talked about uh, tonight? Um, is there anything else that we have missed before we uh, before we sign out? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's it. I, I think, think I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's there's a lot. I'm trying to think. Um, is MXGP this weekend? I know that we're not going to really talk mm-hmm. about it that much, but that's just another racing thing that's going on. Um, that just kind of started I think up. Maybe the first round. No, nah, the, fir- the first. No, nah, the first round was a couple a uh, couple weekends ago, and um, uh, Hurling's got third I think and um I can't remember. Gertz Gertz won the 250 class Benestite almost had it but Gertz won I'm trying to think who won the 450 uh it wasn't Sewer Sewer had that gnarly crash remember he went over to bars full on fucking rolling mm-hmm. the windows up um yeah. yeah that's bad if you're ever rolling the windows up you'll know what I'm talking about it's not good it's not good don't like that. Don't like free falling for sure. Um, well, what a phenomenal episode number nineteen here on the Imperative MX podcast. Spoke some local motocross races coming up. Uh, practice schedules, also the Ridge MX announcing from myself and Heavy D coming up in about two weeks. Uh, then we spoke with Gage Lindville, Firepower Honda about his 2022 season, what it's like racing these Supercross races in his pro debut, what it was like for him getting into the main event, um, and so much more from Gage uh, earlier. And then we got our view, and uh, we broke down all of the racing action from our time at the AMA Arena Cross Championship from Salem, Virginia, at the Salem Civic Center, where Kyle Peters grabbed his fourth Arena Cross title, And also, we broke down all of the action from round number 10 of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship, the heartbreaking round heard across the world Saturday night, and so much more we got into. And just like each episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast, a big thank you again to all of the companies who make this possible. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries, Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Mika Metals, Total Control, Racing Suspension. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Imperative MX Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Check out ImperativeMX.com. After you listen to this, from myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host, Heavy D, we're out. See you next week.